0: What is up, my friends? This is the Sevo Show. I'm your host, Sev, and we are here today on this fine, fine Monday, summertime, the 14th of December, and uh, we have a guest on the show. His name is JT, uh, also named by the name underscore Hunter with three A's on the end. And uh, he's uh, given me some, um, he's asked me some questions. He's asked me a little bit about uh, uh, first year placement at uni um, in the teaching world and how his placement was fucking horrible. And uh, he's also found passion in photography. So he sees an alignment in with uh, what I'm doing right now. So he wanted some wise words. I sent him to a uh, podcast back in February where I talked about the same similar thing and how to get through your teaching degree. So if you want to go check out that episode, it's called How to Get Through Your Teaching Degree, and uh, I talked with another man uh, about it. So he listened to it and he said uh, he really enjoyed it, absolutely loved everything about it, and it's given him a lot of takeaways, not only in regards to how Uh, uh, he's going about his teaching degree, but also resonated with the message of not giving up and at the end about finding your obsession. Um, He'd love to, you know, give us a call and uh, here he comes. We're going to get him, uh, ring him up right now and see how he goes and uh, discuss some things further. So stay tuned. We've got JT on the line. Thanks for taking the call. How are you this morning?
1: No worries. Thanks for having me. I'm doing all right, actually.
0: Just for everybody that is listening for future episodes, uh, just give us a background of, uh, of, of of everything in the last two to three years in your uh, degree. How's everything
1: going there? Well, um, actually, I've just completed my uh, first year of my degree. So I, with the University of Adelaide, I'm doing... A Bachelor of Teaching and a Bachelor of Arts with a major in Psychology and a minor in Japanese. I've done one 10 day active observation placement, um, which was an interesting experience. Um, and I'm moving into my second year as of March.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Okay. And just, just to save yourself uh, for when you are telling the stories, obviously try not to mention any schools or any names just in case it no. may uh, uh, hinder you later on in your career in case someone, um, you know, just, 100%. just, just my advice. Cause I avoided that as well. And that uh, was a smart decision. So um, yes. JT, how old are you, mate? I'm 18. And you finished high school last year? So you went straight into the teaching degree, straight into uni. Nice, nice. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. And um, from the from that episode that you listened to that I gave you um, to have a look at, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, What do you remember what I said about going straight from high school into uni? Yeah.
1: Um, oh, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, you were having a chat about, I think it was with PJ, right? You were having a chat about having that, taking that time to have a bit of experience and something behind you as a human being that you can give to your students. Um, so like taking a gap year, going traveling somewhere, or even just having a full-time job that isn't teaching. So then you, that way you have something else to give your students apart from just a degree.
0: And, and now that you've learned that, it's, it's valuable that you say that because, you know, you obviously um, didn't think about that at the start. What made you jump straight into uni initially?
1: Um, I mean, I think I always just told myself like, Oh, if I'm on the, you know, I'm studying now, I'll be like in the flow of it. If I start uni next year, um, I just wanted to get things, you know, I almost want to say over and done with, uh, that's, what, that's kind of where my mindset was at, at the end of year 12, just get it over and done with, um, I guess
0: it's kind of where I'm going with that thought process, yeah. No, that's okay. That's okay. It's uh, it's majority of people's thought process. They think, right, let's get into it. Let's get it over and done with. Let's finish that degree and let's get that job and, you know, get the, the hard years of studying behind us. Now mm. now that you've come, come into the first year or you finished your first year, congratulations. Um, you, you, you mentioned that you. you you had a hard time um, or it was interesting. Um, yeah. With your prac placement, and now is it? You said it was observational. Is it completely observational, or did he? Uh, did they give you a little bit of a, a, a trial as well? well, see how you go?
1: Well, the assessment-wise, um, it's ten days of observation. We're filling out everything that we notice our mentor teacher doing regarding IT, so their use of IT, how the students taking it. And we're taking as many notes as we can on that, which I did. And there's also another part of the assessment, which was pretty much just labeled as a small activity, whatever your teacher deems that you should be comfortable with. um, And in doing that, it's just something like, I don't know, helping an individual student with an assignment, taking on a group of students to help them with something, um, but apart from that, it is just labelled as active observation.
0: Okay. And uh, w- at what point did you see a negative turn of uh, events? Uh,
1: um, I personally, this is where it gets interesting because I didn't see a negative turn of events as such. I took it all in as a learning experience and I learned, unfortunately, I learned through making mistakes and... What I didn't see at the time was I was making a lot of those. I was throwing myself right into the deep end. I was taking on – I took on an entire class for one period, actually. um, But I wasn't prepared for it. I'm a first-year student. I'm hopping into active observation. And then I've just started teaching a class towards the end of my 10 days. But I was thrown in front. I hadn't learned lesson planning yet. I hadn't done that in university yet. So I was throwing together – a PowerPoint with what I knew of the basics of Apple applications um, I delivered a presentation really rushed to the students uh, and that was that was where the chain wreck kind of began I just noticed the students weren't engaging, they were still on their iPads but in making those mistakes my mental teacher, he pulled me aside towards the end and he was like, alright, so you did this, this, this and this wrong and I was like, okay, that's fair But what I took from that wasn't you did poorly, but you found where your weaknesses are and you found where the learning can happen from here. And that's why, on one hand, my placement didn't make me feel the best, but I know that I'll feel better once I've learned from those mistakes.
0: Okay. And uh, did it get any worse than that?
1: I unfortunately failed my placement. Okay. Um, Wasn't prepared in my opinion, I wasn't prepared. Um, And so I'm going to have to restart that one again. But again, it's just part of the learning process.
0: Okay. And then has that hindered your uh, perception on wanting to become a teacher?
1: Oh, 100%. During my 10 days, I was coming home every day, pumping my fist. I was like, this is it. I know this is what I want to do. I want to be a teacher. But I get this email saying that I failed and I need to repeat my um, I need to repeat my placement. I was, I just threw myself into a crisis. I was overthinking everything. I started thinking about a career change just at the drop of a hat. I uh, I didn't know what path I wanted to put myself on, and that took a good while to adjust to. And listening to your podcast to kind of refocus myself and keep myself pushed.
0: And uh, wh- what would you? Hmm. In terms of ratio, how much uh, how much of a percentage would you give yourself uh, the fault and not your mentor? Would you put it more on yourself or would you say that your mentor could have done a little bit better?
1: I I think my mentor did what he needed to do. I think a lot of it was my fault, but there's also a bit of it that I just wasn't, prepared enough. I was thrown in the deep end a little bit more than I could have. Um, But in terms of a ratio, I'd probably say 80-20, my fault.
0: Yep. Okay. That's fair. And uh, when when the mentor teacher did fail you in the email, um, which kind of sucks because it feels like someone's breaking up with you over text message,
1: did they give you an
0: opportunity to respond uh, before they failed you? Did they give you actions to take
1: to avoid failing? Well actually, no, I um I didn't get failed through my mental teacher. I got an email indirectly from him through the university who said, um, "Look, come in for a meeting, we can have a little chat about it. Um, having a meeting with the university. I didn't actually hear anything from the school directly that I failed my placement.
0: okay that's that's concerning because if if they n- never really told you that you were at risk of failing and then they just said that you failed." Is that fair?
1: You're right, that's not fair, but I did I do believe that I was given the chance to redeem myself. I just didn't take it as seriously as I should have.
0: okay, that's fair that's that's good to know and that's and that's uh, that's an honorable thing to say because uh, a lot of people will be like nah I, 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 I failed and and I wasn't told that I, I was I was failing you know so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, from my from my experience, it was the other way around. And you know, as far away as that date was when I have had my first placement, I was going well. I, I thought I was going well. I was asking things, and and when I said it was interesting myself, <laughs> I got cold condescending. And I'm just like, mm. Mm. he wanted his thought. He wanted my thoughts on his lesson. I was like, it's interesting, but he thought I yeah. said it was. Oh, that's interesting, and then it just went downhill from there. But uh, uh, from my experience, I never got that chance. Uh, my supervisor came in and gave me and passed me with flying colours. But then uh, right. my mentor pulled rank and said, no, nah, I'm failing you. I'm also withdrawing you from the prac," and uh, and that kicked me out of uni. So yeah, I you know, was
1: really surprised to hear that on your last podcast. Yeah, You're yeah. From the university is a little bit dire, in my opinion. Yeah, it's I guess hardcore. It's
0: yeah, so mm. you know, not only did I pass from the supervisor, fortunately, I managed to find a, a loophole with the system that they now have changed. But because my supervisor passed me, I was able to overturn it three months later and reinstate my position at the uni, which was a very traumatic experience, and uh, to mm. this day, That's I amazing. still it still kind of affects me in terms of walking on eggshells and. And when uh, when a deputy or a principal wants to have a word, you're just like, "Oh shit, here it is. This is my last day, yeah. <laughs> you know." Yeah. And that's it's not good. But um, but yeah, going back to your scenario, I mean, if, if he's given you uh, a chance to respond and to improve, then that's a little bit different. But however, um, and, and also good on your university for um, offering prac in the first year at uni. Um, I was in my yeah. second semester in my second year. Imagine having to go through three semesters and then being told you're getting kicked out of uni or almost yeah. two no two full years, you're halfway through and you're like, nah, you're done. So, Hard to think about. you know, so, you know, th- mm. there's always worst case scenarios and I'm not saying, you know, look at me and, and, uh, I've had it worse. Yours isn't that bad. It's perspective, you know? Um, mm. so look at your scenario and again, take it, take it with a grain of salt and make it, make it yours. So, um, you know, repeat it. And if you feel like you, you, you don't want to do it anymore, um, then it, it will, it will tell the story. You know, it, you have a decision to make next year, um, whether to repeat that, uh, prac, which is going to be a little bit of a kick in your ego, uh, especially mm. with your, with your current, uh, year group that you started with is going to go ahead. Um, that's going to suck. But at the same time, it's like, it's the, everything happens for a reason, right? So that's, yeah. that's how I take it. How I took my failures and I always take them again very positively. Uh, the my first mentor teacher was a piece of shit. Um, probably one of the worst people I've kind of worked with ever. Um, obviously right. the severity of my situation. But years later, I you know I would I would m- meet up with him. I haven't met up with him yet, and, and I don't think it, it'll happen. But years later, if I met up with him, I'd shake his hand and be like, "Hey, man, thanks so much for being such a dick." And you know, you know, telling me that I'm not an educator, this career is not for me, and I should you know think about other other opportunities. You know, the thing is though, he he wasn't he wasn't entirely wrong. I've resigned from my job, from a permanent job, a safe permanent government job that I got given to me the first year out of uni. Not many people get their permanency first year out of uni, and then I still resigned.
1: Just
0: quickly, how long did you have that job for?: uh, Well, I went so I graduated 2017, I started doing relief right. uh, all the way through 2018, and then at the end of 2018, term four, I got my permanency at the school. So I did a full year right. last year there, and then I decided to, I wanted to take 12 months off this year to pursue my photography. To give it a go, ah, like, a, like okay. yeah, like a sabbatical, and then COVID hit, so I decided to revert back uh, just a little bit to keep the cash flow up to stay in the school yep. system, and and that was a it was a good idea, but at the same time, I could have gotten JobKeeper anyway. Um, but I did mm. learn I did learn a few things this year, being at school and having um, staying there. So that was that was okay. But uh, in terms of uh, in terms of coming back, it was purely strategical. Um, I didn't really gain anything out of actually teaching apart from, um, you know, interacting with the kids and, and, and seeing how they're, what they're thinking and, 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 and how they're going. But the education system's out of date. That's the bottom line. And uh, yeah. it made yeah. me realize it more and more. But going back to my mentor teacher back there, um, yeah. it, it, made me, it made me realize what I don't want to be like the type of teacher I don't want to be. And uh, I don't know if you've been following my other content for a while. You, I I, get told and I know myself, it sounds a bit arrogant, but uh, I know myself that I'm different and I always do things differently. No matter what it is I'm doing, it's always different. Yeah. And, and that's been my kind of life in a nutshell. And, you know, in a profession like this, there's uh, – there's very little room to give, even though they say be innovative, be different, try new things. At the end of the day, they still need to pull in numbers for their their results. That's it, yeah. and 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 it's fucked because um, you know you you try all these new things, and there's you know the kids start you know, doing well or not doing well, it's working, it's not working, and then they get their results and then you're put under the pump because you're like, your class is uh, behind in their math scores. What are you doing, you know? And then I come back to them and say, my class has got the lowest bullying um, rate out of every year eight class. There is no drama in my class when I'm the teacher. Their self-esteem has grown, their confidence has grown. Why the fuck am I getting told off about their math score? Yeah, sure, sure, I, I'm a maths teacher and, and all of that, but who else is going to up their self-esteem? Not many people, not many. You know, you've got your, your school counsellors and stuff, and that's just not my school. It's, it's, it's many other schools like that as well. So, yeah. yeah, I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but going back to you, mate, um, how are you looking to uh, go into uh, year number two? What's your game plan?
1: My game plan for year number two. I'm um, definitely training on eggshells. I don't want to. I don't want to take anything too quickly because what I did in my last placement, again, I dove in. I went full, put everything into it. I and I don't want to do that this time. I want to be able to take it slow. I need to be able to. I want to play it safe at the moment. Oh. Um, I, I do want to play it safe. Um, no, that's it's okay. Almost, that's okay, you know. I almost want to say I'm, I almost want to say I'm scared of failure, but at the same time, that's where those learning points are going to happen. But I've gone through that experience already, and I'm not sure I want to hit that point again.
0: You know what? That experience for me was uh, a defining moment in my life because now I am more thorough. Now I am more careful. I'm not. I'm not sort like I'm not a hundred percent safe. I still do my own thing. I don't give a fuck. Uh, of course. But I'm more transparent with what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. and And, and I, think, I think you would be in a similar situation. So document what you think about. And, and 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 ask questions, you know. If your mentor teacher is bothered by you asking questions and saying, Hey, um, I'm I'm just curious to to um to, to figure out why you did it like that. I I, I liked it or uh, I, I want to know more, you know? Not just shit on them mm-hmm. and say, Why they why are you doing it like that? Um, because you know, they'll end up calling you condescending and think that you're trying to belittle them. Um yeah. so yeah, just complete transparency and do what the mentor asks of you, obviously, and then eventually oh, yeah. you'll get to do your own thing anyway. So that's the bottom line. Yeah. Anyone that asks me for advice for, um, for going into their prac, I'm just like, be your mentor's best friend. Learn how they mm. eat, learn how they breathe, learn what favorite sport they, they enjoy talking about and all that shit. And then eventually, you know, you get to do your own thing. It's it's like it's like when you're back at home with your parents and and they're, they're telling you, you know, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And then you get into a rhythm, all right? But deep down yeah. inside, you know your own rhythm and you'll get a chance to make it shine eventually. And you'll still get moments where you want to walk on eggshells and you're thinking, oh shit, I'm in the classroom right now. The principal's going to walk past and go, what the fuck are you doing? But the thing is, that's where you're transparent. That's when you say, hey, I'm trialing this at the moment. Is that okay? Or I've done this and I've found this. You know, reflection. you got to do that for your graduation yeah. portfolio anyway later on. Um, something mm. that I didn't actually finish because <laughs> I've resigned. But um, it's reflection. And, you know, the thing, the thing, with, um, the thing with schools and, 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 and business, uh, it's a business. Bottom line, it's a yeah. business. And they're there to make money as well, because otherwise the school can't run. Um, every student is worth ten thousand dollars to the school, so they're trying to get more more kids in. Um, and yeah. It's 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 ridiculous. And then the admins, who were once teachers themselves, are focused on that. They're focused on marketing. They're focused on showcasing all these fancy fucking things that they have at the school um, to attract more students, to attract more funds, to attract you know. And then they get government right. grants from the gov uh, the state government for new buildings, you know, um, and you know, and this is not just one school, you know. I I I love my school. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's still fresh, um, but it's the same everywhere. They're all trying to, especially the administration, they're all trying to just run a business and they're out of touch with the kids, and, and I find that the, the principals that are out of touch with the kids where the kids don't even know their names, those schools suffer, right? And they're full of excuses. Yeah. So, and then, and then that, that brings it down to the teachers too. So I don't know if you know the the mantra or the the school the school like um inv- uh, the school logistics of, of the one that you went to, but there's always there's always something else. There's always a reason why your mentor um, is you know like that. You know, my mentor, he. Uh, <laughs> He uh, he was obsessed with his uh, sport, and he was so stoked about his sport. And he was a fresh uh, department um, leader, uh, you know, the le- leader of a specific subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going into detail because people will figure it out. Um, and uh, yeah, he was, you know, on his high horse, um, but at the same time. Uh, no other teachers liked him. Like years later, I would talk to teachers from that specific school and they all shat on him. They all said that he's a piece of shit. So that helped me big time, right? And I'm not saying look for that for yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. Going into year number two, you're still going to do teaching, right?
1: Yes, at the moment I
0: am. Okay, at the moment you are. And, you know, people that are listening right now, they're, they're hopefully learning that it is super valuable to go into um, the real world with a couple of gap years at least. I firmly believe yeah. that teaching, the teaching profession specifically, should not allow teachers to come into the uh, classroom um, until they have done at least two to three gap years after high school before uni. And then if they just completely agree. Yeah. And then and and if they decide to do uni straight after high school, they need two to three gap years after university.
1: Yeah.
0: The only thing about that is they 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 need money. They 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 want an income. They wanna they wanna jump into it. And and it's like that's the problem. They want the money. They want that career. They want that pay rise. They want to start that process to get ahead, you know, level up, level 2.3, 2.4, you know, get up to that six-figure salary and then maybe even the head of department and onto deputy and principal as fast as they can. What about the fucking kids? What do they get out of it, you know? They get get a regurgitated curriculum that's out of date and uh, a school system that's pushing them to be safe, their whole fucking life. And then what happens is they're safe their whole life. They hate their life because they're safe their job. They hate and they, they're depressed and want to harm themselves. What the fuck? Yeah. And I'm not saying that starting at, you know, this is the problem itself. but <laughs> It's not helping either. We need teachers that come in with life experience, a little bit of grit, a little bit of analogy that they can say, Hey, we are, You know, I'm here, I've done it like this. Oh, you're having a bad day? Well, let's talk about it, not shit. You're having a bad day? Head off to student services or go sit out, uh, Mm. take five minutes um, while I teach the rest of the class because the teachers don't have time, you know? I completely Um, understand that. The pastoral care. Most people don't know what pastoral care is because they're like, what? Are you telling me that I have to actually empathize with the kid when they're having a bad day? Are you telling me that they're not doing the work because they're actually having a bad day outside of school because of some issues and that they're not learning? And it's not because of me, but it's because of something external. And I didn't fucking learn that at university. I didn't learn that myself. I had a cruisy life. I went straight from high school, obviously did well, went straight into university, obviously did well. And now I've got a job. Life's cruisy for me. I don't fucking know how these kids feel. You know what I mean? So that that's the bottom line man so as an 18 year old as well a lot of kids and this is from my observations they do not respect young teachers because they're like what the fuck do you know and you know what man Oh yeah, i figured that out they're right yeah absolutely right what the fuck do you know you know you just went to uni and learned how to regurgitate what they teach you it's like chinese whispers you know what i mean so yeah, I totally get what you mean. On your on your holidays now, the best thing you can do is self-educate, you know, go again and, you know, if the teaching for to the teaching thing is for you, then great, give it a go. And this is for everybody listening, whatever career it is, make sure that you get you give it your best shot and reflect if you fail, then you adjust. If you don't want to adjust, you're not lazy, you're not giving up, it's just not for you. So make that decision, right For me, I went all the way and got to the bottom line. I was was like, yep sweet I'd made it but it still wasn't for me long term because the you know all this other shit that I don't agree with and you don't get taught that at uni they wouldn't tell you that the curriculum is out of date why would they? you know that that open-minded anyway. Um, I want to move on, though. I want to move on. Is there any other questions you had specifically for the um, the teaching side of things? No, nah, not not really any
1: questions. No, I just okay. I felt like the whole school to school looking exactly the same, teaching exactly the same, regurgitating exactly the same. I one hundred percent understand, and I guess yeah. part of why I wanted to be a teacher was to absolutely demolish that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think anybody that wants to be a teacher that that is genuinely born to be a teacher can do it. Um, but mm. there are people out there, it's like, you want to be in the NBA? You're five foot two, unless you have hops and you actually right. work for it. Like, I don't remember how tall Nate Robertson was or um, the little guy. Um, I think he was like five foot three, five foot four, and he ended up being well. But that's like an extreme case. If you're not yeah. that extreme case... Go find something else to do. That's And that's what people don't speak enough of because they're scared. They don't want to be like, no, man, you gave it a go. Go do something else. It's like, nah, give it a go. Keep going, mate. You can do it. Keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. It's like coming eighth place in a fucking running race and saying, oh, you did well, man. You did well. You, you Go again. Go again. You come eighth, mate. You fucking suck. You know? No offense, yeah. but there's no eighth place trophies in this world, and and we're glorifying that shit. We're not we're, we're demonizing failure. You know, failure good. Failure's good. It's like okay, you, you came eighth place. You want to try it again? Go for fucking gold. Unless you improve, you know, figure out what you want to do. Did you train hard enough? Did you actually look at yourself and and look at your skills? Did you improve them to make that bid to to improve that one extra step? The next race you come in sixth. Great, you've improved. Keep going. Unless you're obsessed, don't bother. Don't bother. You need to love it. You need to absolutely live and breathe that shit. And it's a hard pill to swallow when you don't, uh, or when you realize that it's not what you live and breathe. I've done that for the last 10 years of my adult life. I'm almost 30 and I've changed careers like three or four times. And people aren't giving me shit. Or well, some people probably are, I can tell by the look of their eyes, is like, yeah. You're fucking, te- you're quitting teaching, and you've got a full-time salary. You're making twenty-two hundred a fortnight, clean, and you're giving that up for working for yourself. Are you mad? And I'm like, I'm not mad. You're mad. <laughs> I guarantee it. You know. Anyway, um, yeah, man. I want to, I want to talk to you about your um, passion in photography next. So you say that yeah. you, you've come, you've come about it. How did you? How long have you been taking photos for? Like, tell me all about. It.
1: All right, so this will rack my brain a bit, but I started drone photography at the end of 2018, I believe. I got my first drone. I was very excited to take photos of that, and I absolutely loved it. I've got some hanging on my wall at the moment, but they're not my best work because I started learning. Anyway, at the end of 2019, I got my first little video camera, and I took that when I went to schoolies after I graduated. I went to Melbourne for a holiday, a very brief one, Then I went to Japan on a two-week exchange. And I took my camera everywhere with me. I was filming absolutely everything. I got home. I edited it all together into videos. And I was putting out these videos on Instagram that I absolutely loved. Nice. And then about halfway through this year, maybe at the start of this year, I found my mum's old camera probably mm. older than my youngest cousin <laughs> and I started taking photos of that and I know absolutely nothing about it I knew absolutely nothing about it at the time and with each photo shoot that I'm doing every time I went outside I'm slowly learning about everything and the more that I put something up maybe I don't like it being up there on my page anymore and I'll take it down and I'll look at it I'll look at its engagement I'll look at the colours and whatnot. I only just learned how to use Lightroom six months ago. That's a big tool, um, and I'm looking at all these photos, and I'm starting to become more and more proud of myself. Nice. and that's why I'm more as my proud of yourself. Well,
0: Keyword. Yeah. Keyword. That's it. That's the one. I'm going to clip this. Proud of yourself. Becoming more proud of yourself. That's that's the fucking title right there. Bang. Becoming more proud it. of yourself is the most important thing that you can do in your life. Because that's self-esteem, bang. That's that's what you need to do. That's what you. That's what you. You've got. You've got it. You've got it. That's that's amazing. Building your self-esteem is the single best thing that you can do in your life. Because after that, you're no longer walking on uh, eggshells. You're confident as fuck. You've done your drone stuff. You've hung up your first um, uh, amateur photo on the wall. Keep that. Don't ever throw that away. That's 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 your baseline. That was your very first baseline. You're gonna go from there. Have you have you um, uh, by any chance gone all the way down on my Instagram and had a look at my first few photos? I think I I think I tried, but I don't remember them. That's okay. That's all right. Anybody here that's into photography, or anybody here, actually anybody that is wanting to try something new and they're worried about sucking, go down to my very first. 100 photos that I uploaded on, on Instagram of my photos and have a look at what they look like. I mean, you know, I love them to bits, but they're very, they're very new. They're very, they're very amateur. They're very beginner. Um, You know, some say, oh no, they're, they're great. I'm like, fantastic. Thank you. But you know, when you're starting out and you're, and people think you're great from the beginning and you love it, then hey, that maybe is for you. Did anyone tell you that 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 first photo- photograph, that drone shot that you mounted on your wall, is great? Uh
1: yeah, actually, I got a lot of people that would come in and they'd say, "I actually really like those photos that you got," and that was a massive self esteem. Exactly, Bang. I really exactly. That.
0: So from here, you build on that. You, you you look at how you improve yourself. What would you change? What would you make different? How would you evolve? Obviously, you know, you've got inspiration from around the world. There's uh, uh, an endless amount of uh, drone photographers out there. One thing you got to mm-hmm. do is not compare. Don't compare too much. You know, learn. Yeah. Uh, you can imitate. You can replicate. You can learn how they did it, and then twist it yourself. Because, to be honest, man, nothing's original anymore. And mm-hmm. but the but the big thing is, and this this can tie back into the curriculum. The big thing is, it's okay to replicate and imitate as long as you see it for yourself and how you can improve it in your own way, because that's your style. That's you developing your style. Same with teaching. Yeah. You know, you go to uni, you learn the theory, you learn the practical, you learn how to regurgitate that to the other kids. And then you do it yourself. Now here comes, here comes uh we're going to come back to the teaching side for a sec. Most practitioners really? I've ever worked with, they want you to do it how they do it because they think that's yeah. how you do it, which is fair enough. You know, they, they're, they're getting paid to, to mentor someone. And if, if you do it in a different way, they're, they're scared that, that people will come back to them and say, this is your student. Why the fuck are they doing it like this? And they'll be like, I didn't teach them like that. That's why that's, that's, it's fear. It's fear, you know? And, and then you go, you go ask a, a photographer, you're like, Oh, Hey, uh, can you give me some tips on this f- uh, photograph? You know, it's good to get some feedback, but it's hard to find the right people that will give you that feedback because most people aren't teachers. You know, asking a photographer for feedback, if they're not educators themselves, they're just going to compare their work to yours and they'll just be like, oh, uh, I would do it like this, like this, like this, you know, just straight up, yeah, bang, you suck. You know, there are examples that it's not the case. Um, but when when people ask me about f- photographs and if their photographs are any good, I say to them, I like this about it. This could improve. And also, this is a nice way that you did this as well. Compliment sandwich, right? Yeah. But sometimes it's very hard to bullshit as well because some kids, uh, you know, they literally saw my Instagram and they picked up the camera for the first time. But I'm straight up mm. with them. There's no eighth place weaves with me either. I say to them, nice, you've you've started You're taking your photos. Great. You need to practice every day. And that's not a kick in the mm. teeth saying you suck, don't bother. It's practice more every day. How do you get into photography, Sev? You go take photos every day. You go back to my first hundred photos, you can see that I took a photo every day. And at times I stopped, you know, it wasn't for me. There was a time in 2014, I didn't take a photo for six months because I was doing other things. I was focusing on uni, footy, other shit. And then I picked it back up again. So there's a time and a place, right? And that's where everything, just because you don't think you might not be a teacher right now, doesn't mean you can't be a teacher later. What's the worst subject that you studied at school that you absolutely hated? Oh, math! Math, right? In year eight, nine, and ten, I fucking hated math as well. I ended up becoming mm. a maths teacher. Case in point,
1: right? Incredible.
0: Exactly, exactly, and yeah. and I loved it. I fuck. I love. I love problem solving. I love teaching the kids to problem solve. The only thing I don't love is force force feeding them stuff that they're no longer interested in. And I said to him, I was like, "Hey, give me senior school kids where they're actually invested in it and I can adjust it to life skills like business and tax and all that stuff. With middle yeah. school, with middle school, it's different, but again, it's a little bit of a tangent again. Going back to the photography man, your drone stuff, yep. You keep doing that. You keep developing that skill, developing that love. And with your video camera as well. Start working on some new projects. Start experimenting. Start start doing some random stuff you've never done before and expect people to be like, what the fuck's this? Because it's fine. It's you learning. Right? The best thing about it though is you get to do it yourself and reflect on yourself. And that's great. That's great. Because eventually you're gonna hit you're gonna someone's gonna come across you and saying, Hey. I like the way you took the photos uh, of those aerial shots. Uh, I've got a company um, down south that, um, that we, we, need a, we need a drone pilot um, to do some um, to photography for us. Are you interested? What are your rates? And that's how it starts. That's how it starts. Right. So uh, as your game plan right now, I don't know what it is, but uh, focus on what you are living and breathing, what you're thinking about right now. You know, and that's what I did with my photography stuff. I um, I don't know if you know this, but February, March last year, I decided to go to the city with my camera and take some photos, just some street photography mm-hmm. on a Friday night. And yeah. I didn't have that many um, people following me at the time. Um, Instagram highlights or the stories was still relatively new. Um, but I, I networked with some people and, you know, I, I opened up and said, you know what, I'm going to start doing highlights. It's fun. You know, I'm just going to be like, mm. you know, be my own show, uh, my host of my own show, uh, even if I've got two people fucking watching me. Next yeah. minute, people started messaging me saying, hey, can I tag along? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then Sev's Tours was invented, was created. I got to a point where every day after school, I would get home, grab my camera, and head to the city to meet up with someone I've never met before and take photos. It was the fucking best, man. I did that for a month straight. And then next minute, I hosted my fourth meetup, and we had 120 people rock up to take photos. That's
1: like so much
0: fun. Yeah. In the space of a few months just get yeah. out there and do your thing. And you know how kids uh when you're younger and you get into high school you're like oh shit, how am I going to survive high school? How do I make friends? It's the same way that I did it. It's just putting yourself out there and doing what you love and people will come and be like, "I like this guy and what he's doing. I'm going to follow him and I'm I'm going to hang out with him and reach out to him and say, "Hey, let's collab. Let's do something together." Next minute, I built a massive network of photographers and creators that I still talk to this very day. Um, some of my best mates I only met last year because I put myself out there and did what I loved and people leaned on me and, and wanted to join in, you know? Yeah. You can say pioneer, you can say leader and all that shit, but I'm just doing me, man. I'm just doing me. And uh, now there are people around me that want to do the same thing with me. I've got the confidence. I've got the self-esteem. I don't give a fuck if, if everybody stops watching me because I'm still going to do my thing. I don't give a fuck, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: So that's what you do, man. Do your drone thing. Have a go at uni if you need to. It's okay to stop. It's okay to put it on uh, hiatus. Um, defer it. You know, defer it. You can defer it up to 10 years. Come back later if you're ready. I didn't start uni until yeah. I was 24. I had the best fucking time after 18. I did so many different jobs, you know? So... That's that's my that's my like big ultimate advice to you, to anyone, is allow yourself to have a break and find out what it actually is that you want to do. And that's where the that's where the gap years come in. People that don't take gap years don't actually realize what they want to do. And the thing is, by the time they get into that safe career, they are uh, find that passion that they want to do. They end up yeah. They end up taking it as a hobby and they do it as a hobby, but they want to do it more and more and more, but they can't because they don't have enough, enough time. They've met the love of their mm. life, they've had children, they have a, they've got a mortgage and they're in debt. All of a sudden that 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 passion, that ambition, that that hobby is really craving them, but they have very very little time to do it because they're they're stuck in that job a job that is no longer satisfying that they were too quickly to jump into. And now they're, fucking, they're depressed. This happens to so many people and it's fucked. Then they get to 80, 90 years of age. and They look back and they're like, life's just passed me by. Man, I've got kids. I've got grandkids. But man, I regret not doing everything that I wanted to do because I just wanted to play it safe. You go in, into an old people's home, you go into an, uh, a nursery nursery nursing home <laughs> you go into a nursing home yeah, yeah, yeah. and you talk to the old people you ask them questions you ask them how was your life what, what would you have done again like talk to them and 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 you'll see like i've done this i've I've actually done this and and they were i mean not everyone you know and some people may not be true to themselves some people may be like i fucking lived a, an amazing life i loved it but for the majority not nah, they they could have done more. So, this is—I would trade places with you in a second too, because what I know now, if I knew what I know now, by the time I'm 29, at 18 right now, so the next 11 years, I would—I yeah. would be even further than I am right now. So, but you know, there's yeah. no—there's no rush as well. Maybe in a few years, you're going to get over droning. What else can you do? Mm. And then the well, yeah. The next argument will be, and this is where the parents come in, this is where the teachers kind of come in and say, ah, so now you you no longer want to do that anymore, but you don't have an income. See, this is where a university degree is great. You can have that safety net. They're not wrong. They're not wrong at all. But the thing is, the thing is, it's okay to fail. It's okay to go back into your parents' house, okay, to move back in, to reassess and go again, you know? Yeah. People think that that's bad, and this is why there's there's so many homeless people out there. Who, um, I mean, I'm I'm not exactly uh, speaking for all of them, but there are some that I've talked to. Speaking to homeless people is also something that that builds perspective. I, I spoke yeah. to one. I, I remember they they were they were working in a job and they hated it and they wanted to. They wanted to get out, they wanted to try something different. Um, but because they lost their job and they couldn't find any money, I say to them, "What about your parents?" And they're like, "Oh, my parents think I'm a failure, I'm a loser, you know that's the reason why they're homeless because they they don't have that relationship with their parents, and it sucks because that's on the parents. It's on the parents to not lift them up again and let them go again. They didn't fucking help there with their self-esteem, you know. So yeah. yeah, but I can go in every different single way. But for you, I imagine you have a good relationship with your parents, yeah. Yeah, I
1: do. Great, uh, I'm still living
0: with them actually. Great, and you, and and stay at home for as long as you possibly can because the longer you stay, the more you save, the less you have to spend. You can you can find that passion. You can do that. You live live there until you're 25. Who fucking cares? You have a girlfriend. You, you get a girlfriend who who makes fun of you for um, for staying for living with your parents at the age of twenty five. Fuck her, man. At the age of 30, 35, you are going to get you are going to be finding what you want to do. You are going to be making money out of it because you are good at it, and people see that and they want your services. And that girlfriend is going to come back and be like, "Oh man, fuck! Look at you. You are glowing. Can I can I slide back into your DMs?" You know what I mean? <laughs> this, this is yeah, the driver. This is the driver. And and do you think do you think a 35-year-old is old?
1: Be honest. Do I think a 35-year-old is old? Yep.
0: No. Okay, good. Good. A lot of a lot of people that ask that question too, they think, yeah, that's 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 quite a bit away. That's almost double my age at the age age of 18, right? But the thing mm. is, the thing is, 35 is just just Getting to that second, into the middle of that second quarter or at the end of that first third, you know, you live until 100, yeah. 102, you're good, you're good. That's still that first, you know, third. And with, with the medicine and the technology evolving really rapidly in the next decade or two, who knows what we'll end up living up to. Take care of your body. And do what you want to do because by by the time you get to halftime or three quarters, you want to make sure that you're you're loving life, not um, retiring because you're too old. You've got the money, but you have no energy. You know?
1: Yeah. They know. don't talk I mean,
0: about this shit at school because it's 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 scary, but it's true.
1: I'm so glad um, that you're talking about it now.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is, this is the shit that I try to talk about at school, but at the end of the maths lesson, we haven't done any work, and then that's when the school's like, wait, you need to, do your, you need to teach them Pythagoras. I'm like, "Ah, oh, shit, okay, I better do that then. A squared plus B squared <laughs> equals C squared. There you go. Now back to the life story. You know what I had on my classroom yeah. wall, outside of my classroom wall last year? I had Mr. Moz's Lessons to Life featuring maths. That was my thing. I love it. That was my thing, and and that was my difference. And I, I made such an impact to the kids last year, and we had such a good time. But this year, just I mean, there's so many different variables, um, like COVID and all that stuff, and the fact that I'm oh, wasn't yeah. really meant to be there. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't, um, I didn't have any uh, lack of effort, but it was just such a different environment after COVID and. I feel like I feel like it was a good reset for kids, but I also am observing that the kids didn't learn. They didn't yet what just happened to the world, and that's the scary yeah. part because they're in that cotton wool sort of era where everybody's, or the parents and the teachers, are, "Oh no, it's okay. You're having a bad day. Just sit out. Yeah, it's okay." It's like, no, you got to talk to them. You got to you got to give them you got to give them what for. You got to tell them the like what's happening. But because they're so, they're so into the world of technology and, and, and distracting with shitty TikTok videos and dancing and shit, they, they, yeah, they yeah. escape too easily. And then when someone comes up to them and says some truth or something of shock value, they're like, what the fuck? And they run to their parents and their parents are like, what the fuck? And then they come back to me and everyone's going to me like, what the fuck? What are you saying? What are you saying? I'm like, I'm telling them what's happening. Why can't I tell them what's happening? Oh, they're not ready for that. Yeah. They're not ready for that, mate. When I was in year eight, I was—I've seen some shit, and that mm. prepared me for a lot. I feel like kids these days—they—they're not prepared for much at all. Do you remember at the start of the year yeah. when there was a whole like World War Three meme thing where everyone was like, "Oh, it's World War Three! Oh my god!" Oh, uh, yeah, I and all that. these memes came out about World War Three and what what everybody would be doing. I was. I was yeah. I, I I was observing and I made one post about it just like as a as a as a like a little dig at the at society and I was like ninety nine point nine percent of you kids will be absolutely in tears if World War Three broke out you would not know what yeah. the fuck to do and you would be absolutely traumatized I mean won't won't we all because that you know shit that's fucked. Mm. But to joke about it, I I didn't get offended. I'm not a Karen, but I'm just (laughs) like, you guys have no fucking clue. You think it's all a game. And then when they get into the real world with their whole, um, you know, like, oh, things are going to be cruising now. I've finished school. My parents are here for me. No, you need to build independence. And that's where you got to, you know, get that job. Get that shitty job. Fucking, do you have a job right now, JT? I do have a job, yeah. Excellent. And what do you do for for yourself? I'm
1: a manager at a virtual reality arcade. Oh, that's so cool.
0: That's sick. Yeah. All right, cool. And how's the business going for them? Um, well, at the moment, it's
1: shut because of COVID. Okay. So at the moment, the business is not going.
0: Okay. And as a manager, how are you going to drive business to bring it back up?
1: Well, that's a tricky question. Um <laughs> That's all right. That's all right.
0: Uh, You know, uh, yeah. and uh, from a from observe like just just as a pro tip for from a business perspective, your answer is TikTok. Yeah. Your answer is social media. Your answer is talking mm-hmm. about the arcade and how cool it is and, and creating content. You've got your video stuff. You know, you, I don't yeah. think you need to use the drone, but you got your video stuff. You can mm-hmm. make content. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know how to make content. Add value to the business from your skills. Make yourself irreplaceable, get a pay rise, make some bank, and you know build your portfolio as well. So there's a yeah. little, there's a little bit of a tip as well. Build your portfolio with the current job that you have and you know help them out, see what you can do. And if it helps, if it works, you've got a reference. You've got a testimonial I like the and then you can yeah, go I from like there. The you know, so obviously you have to wait till COVID finishes, but that, that mm. that's not necessarily one hundred percent true. This is where you start building. This is where you start brainstorming insights, content ideas for how you would promote the arcade to appeal to kids who would fucking froth it. They just don't know they just don't know don't know that it's there. You know, people yeah. people are saving money. People are getting grants and benefits and all this shit, and they don't have anywhere to spend it. You put that attention mm-hmm. in front of them and say, hey, we our arcade is back open. You know, these are the fun things that we do. People will come, and then you say, "mention yeah. me" and all that shit. Impress your boss. You know, anything can happen. And that's what I do. Yeah. That's what I do with businesses. It's it's great. It's fun. It's it's my other th- passion. But going back to you with your with your job, uh, when you do start getting paid again, great because you're still probably not paying bills to your parents.
1: No, not not yet. And this no. is my
0: advice to every kid that finishes school: go. And make sure every paycheck you get, you put away 51% into the bank. Now, mm. I don't want to get too into detail because we'll be here all day, but uh, start learning about index funds. Start learning about shares, You know the, the top five, 200 businesses and how you can invest in all of them at the same time. Because historically, all of those index funds have done positive, even during yeah. shit times. Okay? don't just put it in the bank cuz it'll be eaten up by inflation but 51% more than what you spend you know i i go 80 20 i'm i'm a bit more hardcore 80% of the money that i make i put away and the 20% i invest <laughs> in spending spending in myself and investing in myself so if you do that and, and I think it was if you put away $300 every month for the next eight years into a compound interest sort of shares sort of thing, again, not going mm. into detail, you're going to be pretty fucking well off by the time you're 30. And that will give yeah. you that will give you more freedom to do anything that you want to do. You know the people are like you, you win lottery and then you're like, sweet, I don't have to worry about making ends meet. I'm just going to do whatever I want. Yeah. Kind of like that. But you have a journey to get there and do it yourself. It's more gangster being able to be financially free off your own back than winning the lottery. That's why I don't buy a ticket yeah. anymore. I don't want to uh, steal the journey away from myself. So mm. save that cash, bro. Save that cash. And invest, invest in your business, invest in your little drone hobby and your videography, self-education. You don't have to pay $90 of a shitty Facebook ad that teaches you all the filmography and videography. Teach yourself, find shit on YouTube. There's heaps of stuff on there. And, you know, Mm. there's enough information on the internet to learn anything and then you bring it into the practical world and you you do it so yeah um, i think i think i've talked so much more and i apologize cuz i'm a this is my um, this Don't is my be. my rant thing but I'm, i hope you've 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 gotten a bit of out of this um oh, 100% thank you do, do you have any specific questions before we go so i can like help elaborate or anything like that
1: um no i think you covered everything that i wanted to mention um Excellent. Well my original question was going to be how long did it take for you to find your passion in photography but clearly there's been steps throughout that have kind of led you to where you are at the moment which is kind of what I interpreted because okay. at the moment I'm, I'm 18, again we said there's like an 11 year age difference here yep. but I have like three different paths that I want to pursue. I've got my teaching degree which I'm pursuing, I've got photography which I, I've kind of thrown into a hobby and a passion and I've also been selling beanies for charity and so like I'm all this pressure on myself of oh I have to start getting things done now everything has to be now 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 I've got three months off from uni this is when I'm going to put my time into absolutely everything that I want to get done but from our chat today it sounds like I've, something that I have a hard time wrapping my head around is I have time I'm able to put stuff aside and look at it in the future with a completely different mind space and completely different perspective. Yeah, that's it. And hopefully that perspective will change once I go on that gap year and I defer my course for a bit and learn to live. That's it, man. That was always going to be the plan, actually, for this time of year, but COVID hit, so obviously I can't go around the world like I've always wanted.
0: That's all right. That's okay. It's it happens for a reason, and and you and you'll find out in hindsight why that is. That's the beautiful part. As long as you're willing to yeah. self reflect and and open your mind up and and look, take a look at it from a different perspective, and you'll be like, oh shit, okay. I'm glad that actually happened because then this happened, and then that led me to this conversation with Sev, and then now I'm on the path of you know self fulfillment or whatever. But um, yeah. But going back to your your question with, you know, having all these different things, it's good. It's good having multiple things because they connect each other. You see how I connected photography and teaching? Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Same same thing. Like, I'm an educator for life. I'm, I'm a born teacher. I know that. My mum's a teacher. My grandma was a mass, mathematician teacher. Um, family of engineers and mechanics. You know, we've got mm. something. We've got something upstairs but we were the we were the black sheep in our where we grew up we were the we were the ones that were the kind of the leaders or the of the 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 call makers the playmakers and but we did it we we did it with honor, honorable honorability i don't know if that's the word i'm not the best with english second language my bad right yeah. do it do what you love do what you love and 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 take your time finding out what that is with how long it took me to get into photography you know what? They ask you when you when you're younger, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's the fucking dumbest question. You should be you should be what do you want to try when you grow up? Because what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, that's powerful. Sounds like a commitment. What do you want to be when you grow up, little boy? Oh shit! Um, fuck. Uh, I want to be a pilot. Right, go for it. Oh shit! I have to be a pilot now. My my whole life is pilot. I'm eight years old. I watched uh, a video about uh, airplanes the other day, and I just want to be a pilot. And then you get yeah. to you get to you get to uh, the pilot school, and you're like, oh fuck! I'm six foot ten. I don't fit in a plane. Shit! My whole yeah. life was about to become a pilot. Now I don't know. I'm lost. I'm sad again. That's what happens. And that's not just that's just one example. Um, one of, yeah. one of the biggest questions, and I asked this question um, this year to, to the year 12s that I um, taught in business class, I said to them, what are you guys doing after school? What are you guys doing at uni? And some of them are like, I'm doing, I'm doing um, engineering, or I'm doing, um, I, I want to get into medical school. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's great. That's fantastic. You've got something that you want to do. But then I asked them the hard question, why? Why is actually the hard question? And yeah. they, they respond pretty generically, no offense to them, but they say, the money's good. My parents want me to do
1: it. Yeah.
0: Or my ATAR uh, predicted score is high enough for me to do that. Just because you got a 99.6 on your ATAR and the job pays well and your parents want you to do it, doesn't mean you're going to love it. And that's the problem. It's like saying, yeah. it's like saying to that eight-year-old kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? Same with the year 12s. What do you want to do when you finish uni? No, it's what you want to try. Go fucking try everything. Taste test as much as you possibly can and just go from there. And once once you've taste tested enough and learnt what you don't want to do because you failed, which is good, you are closer to that point where you're just like, Holy shit, this is what I want to do. This is me. And then, spoiler alert five, 10 years down the track, maybe you'll get over it. Maybe you've done enough of it. Maybe you've done what you needed to do, or you're just yeah. no longer interested. I wanted to be an AFL football player. I got up to the, the highest level in state level football. I played in the waffle for almost eight years. I really wanted to get mm. into AFL, but then I just lost my passion because I saw it from a different yeah. perspective. And I'm like, wait, do I really want to be sore in my 30s? Do I really want to, you know, push and and try to impress a whole bunch of people and and you know, generate more membership for these football clubs? Do I really want to fucking do that? Do I really want to risk injury and and, and you know, a little bit be a little bit less of myself later on in in the later years and be crippled and all that shit? No, I don't. That's mm. that's not what I want. And I'm not saying that that's what happens to every football player, but for me, that's that's what I saw. And uh, as a as a driver for business, uh, for just a business, no, nah, that wasn't for me. I wanted to yeah. I wanted to help people, and I wanted to help people at scale. And originally, I wanted to do it through my popularity at footy but you know obviously didn't get to that point where i could um, have been noticed not quite mm. and then and then social media was the answer and i'm just like sweet here i am helping someone i'm doing it i'm doing it right now having this conversation now yes. to now to scale it you know and it's something that i feel that i can do for a long time but my next action is also to make sure that i build a, a passive income or a good cash flow to be able to go back and say you know what fuck this I don't want to help people anymore I've helped enough people I just want to be selfish and train and help dogs I want to train dogs now or I just want to go live in the woods off the grid and go fishing and hunting and you know start a bee farm and just do that for a while you know yeah and that's fine That happens, you know. You go through people go through midlife crises, and this is what happens in a midlife crisis. You realize that you hate your job, but you're stuck, and you don't know what to do. There's everything you can do. Uh, I feel like I feel like 18 year olds, someone like yourself, can escape a whole lot of drama, a whole lot of trouble within yourself, if you just go out there and say, "Yeah, I'm going to take guitar lessons." Sounds like fun. Yeah, I'm gonna learn Korean. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Yeah, I'm gonna skydive and bungee jump. Sounds like fun. I'm just doing. I'm just uh, basing that list off of Yes Man. You ever watch Yes Man with Jim Carrey? I have not. That's a great movie. I I recommend Yes okay. Man by Jim Carrey. I also recommend yes Shawshank Redemption. You ever seen Shawshank Redemption? I have not actually. No, it's a great movie <laughs> as well. It's a good one. It's a good one. The, the 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 main quote from that movie, without spoiling anything, is "Get busy living or get busy dying." You know, you want to, you want to, yeah, that's it. That's from that movie. You want to, you want to get busy living, you go do what you want to do. If you want to play it safe and you want to just live the rest of your life, um, you know, in, in, um, playing it safe, then that's fucking fine. You can get busy dying because life will pass you by really quickly. And that's what it means by get busy dying. No, thanks. Yeah, I, I choose the former. So yeah um all right we'll we'll, uh we'll wrap it up there are there any uh final questions while we uh are on a roll no man i'll let you go no thank you so much i really appreciate your time and um, thank you man i can't thank you
1: enough for this opportunity
0: no problem man You, you you do your thing and hopefully someone else that listens to this conversation will get something out of it as well let me know how yeah. you go. Follow follow up and, and, and let me know. Just like that guy, just like that guy who hit me yeah. up in February, smashed his prac and did a lot better, and that meant the world to me. I didn't get any money really? out of it. I didn't get any any financial gain out of it. I just felt fulfilled, and I want to do that more and more. And that's, so That's the best feeling.
1: You know, people.
0: That's it. The only thing I ever ask is to help grow that at scale yeah. so however however you can do that I really appreciate it but um, 100% yeah that's it that's it if you were to tell yourself one thing if you, if you were to bump into your last year's self you're about to graduate high school what would you tell him?
1: there's a lot of things I'd tell him
0: but first thing that comes to mind I just I like the
1: phrase fuck yes I just for me, it's really empowering. It works in so many different sentences, and just, just fuck yeah! As a celebration, as a motivation, fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! Nice. Because oh, fuck yeah, man!
0: And um, would, yeah. would you would you tell them? Would you tell him to think about a few things differently, or no?
1: <sighs> I'd reconsider my teaching the year, I think. Hey, um,
0: that's all right. That's all right. Everything happens for a reason, though. This is part of the journey. You're right. This is a stepping exactly. stone. That's right. Don't fear failure. Failure is the best thing is is the stepping stone.
1: The best educator.
0: Yeah, that's it. All right, bro. I'll uh, I'll leave you to it and uh, for everybody Thank else. Thank you very much, man. No problem. No problem. For everybody else listening at home, let me know if you got some value out of that and uh, if you could uh, subscribe to the podcast via iTunes or Spotify whichever platform you listen to leave a review on the iTunes it does help the podcast grow so leave a review tell me what you think and uh, I look here uh, I look forward to uh, reading your responses until then uh, until next time uh, as always good thanks thanks very much JT thank you
1: very much have a good
0: one.